Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the season finale of season one of both Cantina Hangouts and The Mandalorian. I know Cantina Hangouts way more popular than The Mandalorian, obviously, but we should give some love to the show we're actually talking about. Uh, it's this is it. This is the first live action Star Wars series ever, um, and it just finished its first season. Uh, mm-hmm. So, just a, a quick recognition to uh, Jean Favreau. Dave Filoni, Rick Famuyiwa, Deborah Chow, Taika Waititi, Christopher Yost, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, uh, Rick Famuyiwa again, just because he's terrific, and I think he's directed my favorite episodes of the series, or at least one of them. Um, just uh, a lot of people to, to give a shout out to because a lot of hard work and uh, clear love of Star Wars went into the production of The Mandalorian's first season, regardless of opinions and quality. Um, <laughs> it was clearly made by people who love Star Wars, and that's what we're here to talk about, too. I'm your host, Diego Crespo. With me today is my co-host, Gina Versa. Hey, good to join you. Yeah. Um, overall, Gene, we have been, I think, lukewarm at best on The Mandalorian. There's been some, mm-hmm. some episodes where that we come away very positive on these recaps and retrospectives, I think it's fair to say. Um, mm-hmm. But overall, we were like, all right, what are you doing here? <laughs> and uh, I, I think the last episode we did last week, the the Deborah Chow penultimate episode of the season, chapter seven, the reckoning, we mm-hmm. were very positive on, and we were very surprised at how positive we were on that episode. Right. Um, and it felt like Ugh. the show was finally finding its footing. And chapter eight, redemption, directed by Taika Waititi, the season finale of the first season of The Mandalorian, written by Jean Favreau. How do we feel about it? It's like it finally found its footing and now it's over. Yeah. (laughs) I I, I think I'm right there with you. Um, Just like season one of The Office and The Simpsons. No, no, no. Season one of The Simpsons had had a, a much better streak than this season of the Mandalorian. I feel <laughs> I feel comfortable saying that anyways. I don't know. I guess that's kind of up for debate. I never really got into the Simpsons discourse, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I thought this was a really good episode, not as uh, shocking as last episode, uh, mm-hmm. but that that's okay. It wasn't really going completely for that. Um, RIP to uh, Nick Nolte, because uh, that was my favorite. That little dude was my favorite, and no, he did not come back. I was kind of hoping that Quill would would make a comeback, but uh, yeah. no, no, he's gone. And uh, all yeah. right, the, you can't survive. You can't survive that. Yeah, I, I, I was, I was holding out hope. I don't know. I, with that uh, little, with that little body diaphragm. Mm, yeah, poor guy. We we lost a couple people this the, these last two episodes, as well as uh, Taika Waititi's character, IG Eleven, which um. I, I like that little dude. I like the robots in Star Wars. So that was that was kind of neat. But uh, the season finale, the premise, we pick up at the la- at the end of the last episode, The Reckoning, where... Um, uh, ooh, who, who's the character's name? Hang on, hang on, hang on. Let me, let me pull this up again. <clears throat> where John Carlo Esposito's Moff Gideon, uh, basically an Imperial warlord, has cornered the Mandalorian and his makeshift little crew with... Um, uh, Gina Carano and uh, Carl Weathers characters 
as well as again Taika Waititi's character, and there's basically a showdown for the entire episode on how to like escape and uh, take care of Baby Yoda because that's that's like the baseline premise of the show. The Mandalorian is taking care of Baby Yoda, and uh, the episode is basically one long action scene, and we have given this show some poop because it costs fifteen million dollars per episode, and mm-hmm. boy, it does not always look like that. But these mm-hmm. last two episodes, I think it's safe to say they sure shut us up because mm-hmm. these looked terrific. And I think this episode, I don't know about the cliffhanger. I don't feel like completely satisfied as like, oh, yep, we wrapped up a story here and now we can go on to the next adventure. But I think it is the best directed episode of the season. And I feel the most fulfilled as like, oh, yeah, like this was an actual Star Wars adventure finally. I right. don't know how you, you how did you feel about that? I uh, just it felt very disjointed. I was particular particularly unhappy that um for a Star Wars venture it just took a while to get going on this narrative. It just kind of stopped and stalled like a bad hyperdrive unit. So it was just uh yeah, it was a little frustrating to be honest. Yeah, and I guess uh, yeah, I guess this episode. Yeah, I mean it, it was uh, particularly good these last two, but I mean you know just few and far between. Yeah, it, it would be nice to see if the next season the Mandalorian just kind of like t- hits the ground running because I can see what like John Favreau was kind of the do like trying trying to do with mm-hmm. this first season. Like we're having some standalone stories, and then here we wrap it up all in the finale, and it's like one big story surprise. You know, it's like I. I have no knowledge of this, but yeah. my gut feeling is that Jean Favreau, when he pitched the show, was like, we're going to do what the Avengers did. We're going to introduce individual <laughs> characters and then team them up for one big finale. And they mm. were like, that sounds great. We'll do that show. And then it's like, oh, shit. It's like if every phase one movie like kind of sucked in the middle <laughs> and then the Avengers yeah. still kicked ass. Because these last two episodes, well, for, for lack of a better phrase... I thought kicked a bunch of ass. Yeah, um, I mean it's yeah they were like really worthwhile. I guess um, yeah, I mean uh, in that respect, certainly, certainly good job, John Favreau. Yeah, good job, good job, uh, John Favreau. You 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 pulled through eventually. Um, really could have taken better care of other episodes this season, I guess. But uh, again, shout out to Deborah Chow, Rick Famuyiwa, Bryce Dallas Howard, and uh, Dave Filoni for making his live action debut. Everyone else kind of was like, you know, significantly more comfortable in the live action department. But uh, mm-hmm. I hope Dave Filoni actually lends his writing voice more than his directing voice mm-hmm. next season. Uh, we've said we're fans. Um, mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with staying in your wheelhouse, you know? You, not, not everyone needs to change the game in a variety of ways. Uh, yeah. But, uh, well, I, I, yeah. Or, no, go ahead. In terms of writing, some of the stuff also kind of bugged me where, I don't know, Jean Ferreau, it feels like video game, like his, uh, these, these character arcs that he had for this character just felt like video game power-ups. Uh, I completely agree with that. And because Star Wars is a hot take of the season and The Rise of Skywalker came out and lo and behold... If anything, that movie just proves that, oh, yeah, people did like The Last Jedi a lot. <laughs> and uh, people are not happy when you kind of pander to the wrong kind of 
fan base in the series. Um, just a heads up forever and the rest of history for people who make Star Wars movies. Uh, keep that yeah. in mind. And mm-hmm. um, uh, not to not to, to derail the whole Mandalorian conversation already, because I think you know we're both positive on this finale, and. Um, I think it's important to note that Star Wars as a fantasy series, first and foremost, that's why I think anyways, it will last longer than everything else. I think this is the modern American myth. Uh, mm-hmm. Superheroes are also there alongside it, but I think Star Wars hits a very sweet spot that kind of transcends even just film. I think it's just like mm-hmm. a part of like human culture at this point in a weird way. Yeah. And um the reason it's going to last I think is not because of those stories that kind of are like focused on plot and like you mentioned those video game power-ups I think that's a great criticism uh, Mm -hmm. because director and writer Ryan Johnson had also brought that up uh, in regards to to Luke uh, to Luke yeah someone who was was going at him on Twitter about it and he was like with all due respect like that's not really that, that kind of undermines characters that let, that doesn't give them humanity that just gives them like beats that gives them plot points to like fulfill you know like you complete this mission so that means you can do this and i agree with him i think that's a very boring way to go about these things and i think the mandalorian yeah. if it can get into those rhythms of star wars better you know mm-hmm. like those rhythms of a fantasy story that doesn't need to like make plot logic sense it just needs to make emotional sense yeah and uh I don't know. It's just let's not let's not get into that whole thing. I guess we could talk about the direction of Star Wars as a whole, but uh, the better parts of the Mandalorian, like again, this was all basically one long action scene. This finale, and I thought it was just like great television. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the the stakes were clear. You know, like oh, these people are trapped here. They need to get out this way. Oh, this person gets injured here, so they have to deal with this. Like that's like the most plot you get out of it. There's mm-hmm. totally room for these episodes in this series to like have a lot of like fun fantasy elements and, and, and space adventure stuff going on. Um, the Mandalorian is a character. We, we get more backstory on him. Finally, we see the full flashback that we saw like several episodes ago hinted at. Mm-hmm. Personally, I think that's still not enough. What did you take away from the flashback to the Mandalorian himself? Um, it was uh, certainly I, you know, that, that, uh, scene, I was like, oh no, I hope it's not like Django Fett or something stupid <laughs> when you first saw the first Mandalorian because it looked bullish, the armor. And I'm like, I that was look- concerned. I'm glad you brought that up because I was like, oh shit, please don't. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that wouldn't really make sense anyway to begin with. Um, because since he would already be dead with the battle groups, but, uh, yeah, it was, um, it was a really, well-written sequence um it gives you a little more insight into his character to their credit um yeah i was pretty happy with that flashback all things considered i think it was a neat little twist gets it gives you more it gives you more knowledge on the mandalorians that uh they're not just uh you don't have to be born there you could uh just be born into it yeah i mean that was particularly very yeah very well done good job john yeah, I, I like the idea that, like, oh, yeah, it's it's not just where you're from. It's who you choose to be, mm-hmm. you know. And, uh, again, like, it's really hard to talk about Star Wars at this point in time 
right after the rise of skywalker where everyone's kind of like oh shit that twist with ray spoiler alert yeah well maybe a little conflicting to people even people that like the movie i kind of noticed uh are like yeah but about that (laughs) um (laughs) not not too sure about that one and uh I think yeah. people felt that it closed off the universe a little too tightly. And with The Mandalorian, a show that we've been criticizing heavily because we love Star Wars and we know how good it can be. That yeah. felt like, oh yeah, that's that just feels appropriate. You know? It just feels mm-hmm. right. Now, Star Wars is for everyone. That's kind of like a little testament to that with the Mandalorian culture. I just thought it was neat. Uh, yeah. I st- yeah, I, I still wish the, the actual Mandalorian character would um, have a little more going on, but if he gets, mm-hmm. if he just keeps getting tossed into like these action adventure plots with like more mm-hmm. interesting characters around him, I could roll with that too because um, I really like the supporting cast this season. Yeah, when saw them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, when they all teamed up, it just felt like, oh yeah, this is like this shit right here. Like this is so obviously what like John Favreau was like really excited to get to eventually and it's just like if he just spent a little more time in the other like developing the other stuff this season that would have been really cool too because imagine if it was just this good like all the way through yeah that would have been the dream wouldn't have gone crazy as much watching this (laughs) yeah yeah really um it's kind of funny we're like very pro sequel trilogy people and Mm -hmm. then very mixed on the ending. We're mixed on the entirety of Mandalorian, but the last two episodes, the ending episodes, pretty impressive. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it's funny nice. how that works out. Um, yeah, it's, it's just basically one long chase sequence to get a uh, a glimpse to the the rest of the Mandalorians that helped Mando himself escape. Uh, whose name we get in this that I did not write down because I, I'm not even going to try to pronounce that again. I think but, it's um, Dijon. Dijon. Yeah, like, sounds like Dijon mustard. Okay, uh, uh, <laughs> okay, I like that. Uh, Dijon, um, if that is his name, uh, I trust you on this. Uh, he sees the leftover Mandalorian helmets and armor from the other people that may or may not have been killed. And then the armor um, announces herself to him, Baby Yoda, IG-11, the, the entire group on the escape. And um, she says that, like, most of them probably did die, but some probably got off world. And um, I don't know I, I actually was like very moved by that, and I didn't care about this stuff before. And I was like, hey, this is like this is this is a moment right here. Like this is like a real story being told. What's what's going on? And yeah, um, I don't know, I I just found it very interesting in ways that I never found the Mandalorian stuff before. Um, would you like to see those characters again? What was your takeaway from that? Yeah, and, yeah, uh, I really, yeah. I w- would really like to see, um, the, uh, I would really like to see the Griff Cargo character again. I love uh, Carl Weathers. Uh, I forgot what line he said, where he's just like, "Just kick it, you gotta," or he's like, uh, "You know, I think we should take over." Like he was unintentionally pretty funny, like Action Jackson. <laughs> oh, like in the in the very end when they clear out the stormtroopers, and he's like, "Yeah, why don't we run this town?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like he's so like over the hill. Yeah, I really enjoyed this character. Yeah, you know, I liked him a lot by the end of this too. I, li- I really liked these last two episodes, and I liked him a lot in these last two episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, 
I think it's been no secret. I've been I've been rooting for Gina Carano, and I thought she was very good in this season too. Um, I'm glad she's sticking around. I'm sad to see IG11 Taika Waititi's character go, but um, could be a IG12. IG12. Hey, I'd be very happy about that. Um, but I do like that the the series at least attempts to confront the Mandalorians like inherent racism against droids because mm-hmm. the whole series he's like no droids no droids yeah. like droid rights don't matter mm-hmm. and then by the end of this he's like oh shit i like this dude yeah and it's kind of moving when when he sacrifices himself for for the group um yeah but, that worked really well yeah see his see his face he's not ugly <laughs> oh yeah and then we see mandalorian's face pedro pascal himself um, mm-hmm. he gets to show it to IG-11 after he gets injured did you think they would actually kill off the Mandalorian? Uh, no I yeah I, I not, not I, for I, a I single really, second yeah I didn't really buy into that either uh, <laughs> sorry show um, you, you've turned out to be very good at many things by the end of this that, that, is, that just wasn't going to happen sorry um, I, I still enjoyed it though I thought it was all the character interactions were very exciting to watch. I, I like seeing this group of people together. And I was like, oh, wow, we've just been building up to, like, building this team. And now they're all going to go on adventures together. And no, that's not that's not really the case either. Um, mm-hmm. they, they're, they're split up again. And the Mandalorian will now go have more standalone adventures, which, again, I just feel like I should reiterate. I, I'm very against the terminology, like, oh, this is a filler episode. Uh, I, I think every episode has its own merits. The problem is they're just not doing them to their full potential. Right. The writing's not very good. Who cares if they're standalone? Give me more standalone stuff. I'm tired of everything trying to be Breaking Bad and Mad Men and Game of Thrones. Let these things mm-hmm. be their own thing. Um, but for the love of God, if someone wants to rewrite John Favreau stuff next season, don't stop them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, hope, I hope we see these characters again. Uh, and Grand Moff Gideon, the uh, the Giancarlo Esposito character, who I guess is going to turn out to be the big villain henchman of the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really liked his presence in at the end of the last episode and for the entirety of this one. Uh, I like that he basically he gets the big showdown moment at the end with the Tie Fighter versus the Mandalorian, which is like mm-hmm. that that is pretty goofy, but I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was a, uh, it was a nice little, uh, like it was a nice little uh, standoff, for sure. It, um, I was really surprised he had the dark saber at the end there. Yeah. I don't know, um, like that, 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 uh, that prop goes through so many hands throughout the entire Star Wars, like Darth Maul and Mandalorians. Yeah, it's pretty uh pretty interesting how many uh users it has. It's hard. It's like the uh the Tesseract. It's hard to follow who's had it. Yeah, honestly, yeah. Um, and I guess just because not everyone's seen the animated series, some quick backstory on the Dark Saber. Uh, I don't know it like verbatim, but I do know the stuff in the animated series because I'm a fan. Um, mm-hmm. but I believe, please correct me if I'm wrong, Gene. Uh, you yeah. probably know more than I do. Is that it was like a. a jedi or sith weapon at one point and along the way uh some hero or villain fell and it fell into the hands of the mandalorian and it was like carried down from generation to generation of like 
tribes or warriors, right? Yeah. Okay, and then um, we see it at the hands of a villain, actually played by Jean Favreau in Star <laughs> Wars: The Clone Wars. Yeah. Uh, and then from there, it falls to the hands of Darth Maul. For those who've only seen the live action stuff, I we don't have time to go over all that. Just watch the Clone Wars and uh, Star Wars Rebels on Disney Plus. You, you you got some good stuff in there. You're, it's worth it. Uh, and then eventually falls into one of the main characters' hands in the man in uh, excuse me in Star Wars Rebels. And now it's here. So I assume that's bad news for fan oh, favorite character Sabine. Oh um, well, yeah, but she 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 left. Uh, she left Mandalore. She goes to uh, she goes to Lothal for like a couple years to protect it after uh, after the events of the series. So I think she's okay. She's with Ahsoka at some point. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So do you does she have the dark saber by the end of that series, or did she leave uh, it at Mandalore? Think, I can't remember. I think she probably leaves it at Mandalore. Okay. Uh, I, I hope so, because I like that character a lot, and uh, uh, she was one of my favorite parts of that series. Uh, but yeah, anyways, it's basically an ancient weapon, and it's kind of a, a deep cut moment. Haha, <laughs> get it? Because he cuts himself out of the TIE Fighter. But mm-hmm. it was a very deep cut nerd moment when he cuts himself out of the TIE Fighter. Um, the, just given the nature of the look of the weapon, I thought it was uh, like it's just never going to look quote unquote good in live action because of how the weapon radiates basically black. Yeah, light. yeah, so, it's, it's it looks a little wonky. Yeah, um, I don't know how you shoot that to make it look good unless you have like a two hundred million dollar budget. So I'm not even mm-hmm. going to knock it. I I just think it's important to point out. Like, yeah, it's probably never going to look great, but. Whatever. It's a weird Star Wars weapon, and I think, if anything, the Mandalorian as a series just needs more weird Star Wars stuff, so I'm all for that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. We're kind of all over the place in this episode, but I think we're we're very positive on it, and uh, are you looking forward to next season? At the end of all this, are you looking forward to next season, and did you like the season as a whole? Would you recommend it to someone else? I... I don't think I would recommend it um, to anyone. I uh, was a little frustrated watching it. I, I feel like people are going to, um, I don't know, they're going to make their own uh, minds up on the show. I mean, it's it's a weird spot in Star Wars where it's so divisive. So, I don't know. I kind of uh, avoid Star Wars conversations sometimes, to be honest. But, I mean, I, I thought... It at least redeemed himself, redeemed itself by the end of this, uh, by the end of this series, you know. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, don't know if I feel comfortable recommending it to someone else. Uh, what I hope happens is what hap- what tends to happen with some other uh, bingeable shows because now it's out in full. You can binge it, which I know many people are actually waiting to do to, for it to be out in full and be like, let's see how this goes. Um, Mm-hmm. Just in case there are some episodes that are not to their fancy, which is most likely going to happen. Um, yeah. I wouldn't recommend it to anybody unless they were like a, a Star Wars diehard or something like that. I have some relatives that are pretty casual Star Wars fans and they're like, yeah, we, we watch it. We've been watching it like every weekend. And I was like, that's actually very surprising. So like, mm-hmm. they're kind of my uh, my social guinea pigs. Basically, if they watch something, I know <laughs> it's a hit. Mm-hmm. Um and so I'm like, oh, shit, if they're watching Mandalorian, that must mean, like, it's doing numbers. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I, otherwise, I wouldn't really recommend it to anyone either. Um, 
are we looking forward to the next season? Um, yeah, I think it's in a good place to where it could actually be enjoyable, like really enjoyable, you know? Yeah, um, I, I know some people really want the plot stuff. I just wanted to get better at the standalone narrative. Star Wars is a series where anything can happen. So let's see everything and anything and make those episodes count. Make those episodes really feel like mini movies, you know? Let's see that $15 million budget go to fucking work. You know, <laughs> District 9 costs $30 million. Mm-hmm. That movie looks like it costs $100 million. Yeah, but That's I mean, not... uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it, was, it was by a special effects uh, wizard in terms of visual, I mean, uh, visual effects, uh, uh, you know, someone that worked extensively. I mean, they knew, Neil Blomkamp knew how to put his money where his mouth was. Yeah, yeah, no, you're you're totally right. Yeah, um, something to keep in mind too. Uh, I I hope for the best for next season. I have no reason to doubt it as of right. Oh, I mean, I do have reason to doubt it, but I am optimistic for what comes next, and I I hope it fulfills its own promise and premise. Um, last question then, Baby Yoda, Gene. We've been mm-hmm. discussing what Baby Yoda eats every week. Mm-hmm. Uh, do we have an answer, like an official answer? Do we have a Baby Yoda menu ready to go? Um, it's Christmas, so probably like eggnog or um, Yule logs or uh, like tamales, I think. You know, I actually had like five tamales earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cheese, green so chili, uh, and pork. Yeah, I like all of them except the green chili, so. No, 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 you just got to have the right chilies. Oh my god. Yeah. Too hot. Oh no, I love it, man. I can't have food that's not spicy anymore. I need I need a kick in the morning, you know? Mm-hmm. Just to help me just to help me get started. Um but yeah, that that was season one of The Mandalorian. Mixed Yay. bag to say the least. Yay. The Yay oh, question mark? <laughs> like the dog with the swifty eyes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, oh my God. You know what? Actually, this is the last thing. Not that. Not that other stuff. Uh, I think it was episode five where they go back to Tatooine, and everyone was like, "Really? That was the one you were hyping up?" Um, anyways, the end of that episode has someone with some some uh, boot some buckles. Boots. Yeah. Yeah. People were suspecting that was Boba Fett surviving. Or uh, okay. Or 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 who? Or I thought it was like, what's his face? Uh, Cad Bane? Cad Bane? Oh, yes. I guess that's that's the question I want to leave off with. And I will ask the people on the Twitters and the Instagram. Was that character Boba Fett or Cad Bane? Or a third option that I I just don't think of. What if it was just like Moff Gideon? I, I think that would make total sense for the show. I think it would be kind of a bummer creatively because i kind of like the ser- the the serial adventure aspect of the show where it's like you know that episode with the with, where they break into the prison mm-hmm. and like all the other uh people involved with the heist just end up in prison just kill any of them like yeah like that that's fun to me like all right now oh we're gonna get that mando eventually you know yeah like, I, mean, uh, like, I, I like the... that stuff son of a bitch i'm in yeah, <laughs> like exactly. I I just think it's fun to see uh, recurring villains like that. So it'd be kind of cool if they brought back just like random like 
EU characters or whatever it's called now, right? EU or Legends? What's the... Mm, everything that's not canon is Legends. Um, yeah, and then there's t- uh, canon tie-ins and all that. All right, yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll see. Literally no idea. Watch them never even bring that up back again, uh, which is fine. Whatever, you know. Um, there's more things. Oh, my God. And then there's the scientist who worked for Werner Herzog, but I guess that's not important anymore. So who no, knows? Yeah. Um, R.I.P. Werner Herzog, but uh, Giancarlo Esposito is built different. So. Yeah, I just feel like we're watching Lost again where – we just see characters and then they never matter again. Oh, no. Lost only had that problem a couple times. And then... I mean, like, what happened to, Li- like, what's her name? Like, Lily? Just in a mental hospital, then gone. Oh. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, you know what? Lost wasn't the perfect show, but it's still the best show, and that's all that matters. Uh, so, Gene, thank you for joining me. Uh, Thanks. We, we almost recorded every episode together this season. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. we had a break that one month but it worked out um but i mean we we survived it's a testament to our uh, friendship and things and uh i don't know sanity and <laughs> to i don't know togetherness uh certainly our uh our uh, ability to stay awake after yeah dinner. yep it is it is 1 30 right now so it's time to stop this recording so, Gene, why don't you let the people know where they can find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Gene9892. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Diego Crespo. Check out the Waffle Press on YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, and Patreon. And um, check out soon our, of our Best of the Year, Best of the Decade episode, and then uh, a little Best of the Year 2019 mashup as well. So all, all, this, all this great stuff available on here. As well as uh, the rest of the recaps of the Mandalorian season one, mixed feelings again. But you know what? It was fun doing it. It was. We had great guests. We had great Gene. We had great Diego, and we had a great podcast. So thank you for listening. Thanks for watching. We have been professionally unprofessional. See you next season. <laughs>